I'll go ahead and uh, put this scripture on the screen for you. Uh, it's uh, from the Old Testament, and so you only have a New Testament there if you don't have your own Bible. And I was going to handily grab one of those Bibles in the chairs to read for you today and realize that Psalms is not in that one. And so, uh, Tabby, if you'll throw that up here, we'll read through it here. This will be Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. It's been a, another unfortunate week uh, for Poto and LaFleur County and schools. And, you know, we're not by ourselves. I'm sure other places in the nation. Um, and a lot of times... Uh, we'll do a funeral, and a lot of people will tell their friends and acquaintances, I wish you could have been at the funeral, not because funerals are fun, but because of what we've said. And so, it's my desire that this both be for you guys and for everybody in the world, because it'll be on video and podcast. If I was doing these funerals today, what I would say, and I will give you a challenge. If, if you have free time, don't change your plans, but if you have free time today at 2 o'clock, I would challenge you to go to the Civic Center to this funeral. And what I want you to do is, it sounds a little crude, but just hang with me for a minute. I want you to watch people. I want you to watch hundreds and hundreds of kids and there'll be a predominant question asked and that question is why and I'm going to try to answer that for you today this won't be the last time somebody dies this won't be the last time somebody loses their job. This won't be the last time somebody loses their house. However you want to phrase that, that that question why wants to creep in for us. And so, uh, you know, whether you're connected to Fuel or to Poto, uh, obviously this it's been an interesting week. Approximately 7.40 a.m. on Thursday morning. A beautiful young lady named Paige left her home uh, to go to Poto High School. And that would be the last time anybody ever saw her again. I got a little uh, newspaper article here. 
It's been in the paper all week. PHS student dies in tragic car accident. She wrecked her car in a way that would prove to be fatal. And, and family members and students and faculty, including my own kids, are devastated. Because here's what this does. You lose somebody. But then if you've ever lost somebody, it digs that all back open for you. And you can almost tell the ones. You can almost tell the ones who've lost somebody else and who this is their first time going down this road. But one question that I promise, if you go there today, that you will hear on every mouth nearly, if not every other mouth, is why? Why did this happen? Why? Last Christmas, we just went through this. Another young man. Why? I can't count a year that I have been in Oklahoma, which was 2005 when we moved here, that I haven't been near more one or more of these every year. Another thing this week, the chief of police for Poto passed away after a long battle with cancer. His family is asking the same question. Why, why did he get cancer? Why did these things happen? And then I begin to ask myself, well, what, what if it's not front page news? So I dove into the obituaries for Spyro. Pretty small town, pretty small paper, and just found somebody. It's a guy named Robert Cooper Jr. who died last week. And I'm sure that his wife and his two daughters and his three sisters and his one brother are also asking the question, why? What about my colleague in Alabama whose son Noah, four years old, died this week on Friday? There's many Facebook posts that are fresh upon this situation. And you'd be hard-pressed to dig through them and find people not asking the question of why. I just quoted one here. It says, this is from a young man. It says, none of this seems real to me at all. I keep saying, why, why, why? And what about the victims of child abuse? Why? What about the victims of spouse abuse? Why? What about kids whose parents get divorced? Why? Some of y'all had a chance to meet Whitney. Why does Whitney lose her eyesight one day and have tumors in her brain? What about the guy who has surgery and he's in pain, so they give him pain medicine, and the pain medicine that helps him 
with his back pain until he recovers creates an addiction. Why? But I'd say of all the whys we could ask, death seems to be the deal breaker for us. You know, we can wrestle around with all the other particulars somehow, some way, and kind of get there. But death seems to be the deal breaker for us. We try to help others with their questions, and we try to help others with their wanderings and their inquisitiveness and, and, and all that. But you know what happens when it hits our home? When it hits our school, when it hits our neighborhood, we find ourselves asking why. And you know, we believe all the impactful things about God. We believe He can forgive our sins. And we believe He rose from the dead. And we believe He heals. And we believe that He's really God. And He's who He says He is. And that His word is true. But something happens when death happens. And we tend to hesitate to let him into our lives and lay his healing hand on our hearts and our aching and our rawness and our exposed condition because we want to know why. What if I told you that the question we're asking is the very answer we're looking for. What, what if I told you that the question of why is really the answer? What if why was reversed? May seem a little hard, may seem a little intense, but what if we ask why not? I remember a very poignant moment that I've shared with you guys before when our son passed away. And I asked God why. And about the moment that I asked why, I had a chance to see about a hundred other sets of parents going through the same thing, most of which didn't know God. And I heard God clear as day say, why not? Why not you? It's hard, it's tough, it's raw, it's exposed, but at least you know what to do with this. Can I tell you that sin has caused this? You see, God, if you look in the book of Genesis, the creation account and His desire for us was He created things perfect and beautiful and in a state of paradise. And when sin entered, the earth became sin-aged. When sin entered from that day on until now, the earth has been continually aged and tarnished and corrupted and set upon its end by sin, which is why we need Christ. Can I tell you the same reason that I have to go out there and start that lawnmower and that weed eater to cut grass is the very same reason that there's car accidents. And cancer. And divorces. And pain. It's sin. Back to the question of why not. Let's ask a few questions. Is my high school more valuable than somebody else's high school? 
Is my child more valuable than someone else's child? Is my parent more valuable than another person's parents? Are my hurts, my habits, and my hang-ups more important than your hurts, habits, and hang-ups? And the question of why is usually our automatic response. But I wonder if really we shouldn't be asking why not. Think about this scene. We're looking at Romans 10, which we share all the time here, that holds an easily understandable account of how you can be saved. And it says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised from the dead, that you will be saved. And imagine encountering Romans chapter 10, and you decide, okay, I get it, that's for me. And you say, hey, God, I, I do believe that uh, Jesus died on the cross and rose three days later for me. And Jesus, I confess you as my Lord, and I want to ask you to save me and forgive me. And imagine Jesus asked you, why? Why? Imagine if that was what he did to us. And he said, why? Well, I'd have to be honest. I don't think I can lie to God. Since I'm going to be honest, the Bible says that there's nothing good inside of me. The Bible says that my righteousness is like filthy rags. The Bible says that I'm sinful and fall short of God's standard. So, if you're asking me why should I be saved by Him in terms that we understand, there's not no, any reason for Him to do so. There's no reason other than Christ has shed His grace upon me and has chosen to save me through grace. And when I understand that grace, that grace causes me to know and to react to Christ as my only source, my only hope of salvation. And when I ask him, why would you save a guy like me? Jesus righteously and truthfully says, my grace is enough for you. So if the question of why cannot be answered in regards to eternal things, if the question of why can't have an answer for salvation, and that my only option for salvation and to secure my eternity is to rely and to trust upon Him and what He can offer in His grace, then when things happen in life that I don't understand, when things happen in life that bear that haunting question of why in me, and that bear that haunting question in why in my friends and in my family. And, and hey, listen. Listen, you, you find me a person that finds the answer to that question. Outside of what I'm about to tell you, I'd be shocked. Because when, when we ask why, you know what it creates? More why. 
And we come up with all our silly little things that make us feel better. But the reality is this. Is the answer to the question of why is fleeting and you'll never catch it. Because the question of why is based on what we want. We'd love for God to say, oh, I need another little angel. Or I, you know, you hear the old timers, heaven needed a new choir member. Or something like that. I'll tell you this. I've seen people concoct their own reason of why based upon my son's death, to have it only explode on them. There's only one place that God can do anything ever, and it's to drive you to Him. Based on that eternal answer for my salvation, if there's nothing in me that can answer the question of why other than God chose me and it's His grace. Guess what? It transfers to whatever you're asking why about right now. It transfers that we must rely on Christ and rely on His grace. Because what you need to understand, and we've, we had a big talk around our table the other night, and we keep having them. There's not any other options. I want you to hear me today. Somebody in your family is going to die. Somebody that you're friends with is going to die. You are going to die. And you can read newspaper articles... And you can put up Facebook pages and you can and you can read books and commentaries and self-help books and go to conferences and and get hobbies and do all these things. And I'm telling you, they're empty. There ain't a single place that could be helpful ever if it's not wrapped around the grace and sovereignty of Jesus Christ. And you know what's sad? Is a lot of time it's the last place people look. They'll stand there today, hundreds and hundreds of kids, asking the question of why. They stood there a couple of days ago at the chief of police's funeral asking the question, why did this happen to such a good guy? I think Psalm 121 is very clear for me and you. I'm looking all around, and I'm asking the question, why? I just don't know where my help comes from. But then the next line says, my help comes from God. Listen to me. I hope you hear me very clearly today. 
you don't have any other help outside of God. If your friend is the best friend in the world, we're BFFs till we die. Your spouse is helpful as can be. Your your parents or your children are the most awesome people that could be. If if the help they're giving you is not based upon God and His Word and His truth and what He wants and the direction He wants you to go and the things that He's about, it's not help because it's gone. Some of you had a hobby that quit being a hobby. You took on a underwater basket weaving or in-flight aircraft repair or something like that. And for long, it just wasn't fun anymore, right? You know, whatever you're into, there's a reason. That stuff can't... And a lot of times when somebody dies, that's, you hear people tell you, you know, you just need to pick up a hobby or something. Get something to do. Just take your mind off everything. Listen. My son has been with Jesus since 2006. And when stuff like this happens, it's as fresh as yesterday. Whatever your situation is and the things that you've been through could be years and years and years and years. Hey, Jody Grizzle, he's back there helping with the kids today. Awesome guy. And you can hear him tell a story about his two sets of friends leaving different houses and they hit each other. And a bunch of them died. And it's as fresh right now as it was then, especially when stuff like this happens in our community. Since God's word is true and since God is the ultimate healer of hurts, the ultimate handler of your hang-ups, the only real giver of grace that you could ever find, if you can't find yourself at a place where you would look to him for those things, then I want to ask you the same question you're asking, which is, why won't you? Why? Besides just giving you what I think God wants you to have each week, in each day and each whatever for, for for preaching and for what comes from God's word. I think another part of our job is to help you be able to take things from here and use them. And there could be nothing more important than your ability to help people with this question. There could be... Nothing more important than for people to understand the realization of eternity, the realization of where our help comes from. I mean, this Psalm 121, written by people who were probably walked with God way more than any of us have gotten. And they still wrestled with the question, but they found the answer. My help comes from the Lord. Kind of an A and a B. A, if you've never known God, there's no help available. 
If you've never come to the place where you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart God raised you from the dead, there's no help. There's no hope, and you will keep asking the question of why. For those hundreds and hundreds, I bet there'll be a thousand people there today of kids asking that question. For those parents, those grandparents, those school officials, the children of this chief of police, the many family members of this person in Spyro, my colleague in Alabama, him and his wife, waking up today without their four-year-old. As a pastor, I too have no hope outside of God. Just because I have a lot of brain knowledge and a lot of understanding and a lot of time on the road, it doesn't mean that I've sorted all out any differently and have success. The question of why is answered in only one place. That's in God. Some of you today need to take this time to let God have it. Maybe you're saved and just been hanging on to it. Can't get through it. I'm not telling you to get over grieving. Don't mishear me. Can't process it. Can't place it. Can't get over this hump. Having depression. Having whatever. And you're sorting it all out in a way that's unhealthy because you have said God can help you with everything but this thing maybe that's what you need to do today I can assure you of one thing when times like this come you ought to automatically invade your copy of God's word like never before you ought to soak up and process and meditate on what God has for you from His Word like never before. Because if flesh and blood can't help me, then I had better find the help that's only contained in one source, which is God's Word. Now, God can use Pastor Stretch or me or Pastor John or Pastor Steve or a friend or a loved one who is coming to you on behalf of God to help you with that question. I wouldn't be truthful if I told you that I've never asked the same question. What I will tell you is at the end of that question every time, I've only found help in God. It's not self-help. It's not a formula. It's not temporary. It's the truth and it's forever. I'm going to pray. Pastor Stretch will, will be back there. I'm going to stay here for a little bit longer today. Maybe you just need to 
take a minute and let God have it. Maybe you just need to come talk to one of us and say, listen, I, man, I'm still asking this question and I need some help praying through this. As I continued to hear conversations come out of the high school this week, my kids were friends with Paige, and uh, they have a lot of neat stories. They, they'll, my kids will tell you that occasionally I will stop them and go, when's the last time everybody said, let's pray about this? When's the last time somebody said, God is our only hope, God help us? And a lot of times they'll tell me, you know, we well, they, nobody has, Dad. And it's all I can do to just want to drive up to the high school. Now, school's out now, but and get on the intercom and go, all right, let's everybody take a Jesus timeout. There, there's only one hope here. And I guess I, before I pray, I ask you guys to join me in knowing how to answer these questions. Listen, there'll be there'll be a couple hundred kids at this funeral today whose parents don't even know where they are today. You know? There's kids asking why who can't even get help from a parent because their parents are checked out. I know what Jesus would do. He'd walk the streets. He walked the hallways. He walked the shopping centers. Rich, poor, red and yellow, black and white. And when people asked why, he'd say, I'm the answer. Let's pray. God, his hearts are tender and sore this week. We come to you, the only source of our salvation, the only source of our hope and our help. God, I pray as this community grieves, I pray as other communities grieve all over the world, as losses and tragedies happen every day, that we truthfully seek to know where to place this and that sin has caused the earth to be at the place that it is and sin has corrupted something that you created to be perfect and God from my heart you saw Something that you created to be perfect but is born sinful and you offered yourself on the cross of Calvary to forgive me and save me so that I could eternally know you and have the answers to the questions of why. God, we do lift up families.
God, you know already that losing a loved one or a friend is one of the most unimaginable pains that people experience. But you know it. God, you sacrificed your own son. So that I could answer the question. God, we give ourselves to you. God, take over. Give us strength that only you can give. Give us faith increase that only you can give. And as we grieve, because we should... Let us, according to your word, grieve, but not grieve as people who don't have hope. Because in you, Christ, is hope, because you are the hope of glory. We pray these things through your name. Amen. You guys would stand.